4, verse 14 and 15. We will continue with our theme, What's the Vision for Your Family? Today is going to be part three. Amen. Father, Lord, we are grateful to you this morning. We pray that you will speak into our lives. We ask for your grace and anointing to be upon us, Father, as we break the bread of life, the life that is in God's word will be imparted into our lives. To Christ be the glory. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name. And we take victory here. To Christ be the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Please be seated. Thank you, Jesus. What's the vision for your family? Praise the Lord. It's our prayer that as we conclude the, this theme, that we will come to a place where we will rededicate ourselves and will press on into the things of God with a new sense of commitment to the Lordship of Jesus and bringing our family under that same covering. Praise the Lord. Last week we concluded by saying the command of Joshua there has two components to it or twofold. One, we said, is he acknowledges God and he says that you need to give the due that is due to the Lord, meaning fear God. When you serve him, do it in sincerity and in truth. Praise the Lord. Why say that? Because you can serve without being sincere and without having truth. Praise God. So, the call there is, if you're serving him, serve him in sincerity and in truth. And coming to the second part, the second component in it is what he says, what do we need to, what do they need to do? They need to forsake all false gods or forsake all idols. That's what he is saying. Mind you, he's saying, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We talked about the me factor and the we factor. The transition from the me to the we. And within the we factor is woven the fact. The we factor you have to look at it like this. There is faith, there is family, and there is a foe. Faith, family, and foe. Praise God. We need to understand as we are in this life journey that our faith have to be active, vibrant. At the same time, as much as our faith is active and vibrant, we have to make sure that our family is within that ring of faith. Praise God. At the same time, we also need to look out because there is a foe that is actively working against our faith and our family. Praise God. When you look into the life of Joshua, you understand that very clearly. For we have an enemy. Faith in God and in his word and in his promises. Family that the Lord has given us. So we have that circle of love and our family is within that, within that circle. Our faith has to be 
imparted and infused into our family. That does not make us immune to the assault of the foe that is unleashed against our lives. So we have to understand as Christians that there ought to be a balance. Faith, family. Some people give so much importance to faith that they undermine family. Some people give so much importance to family that they undermine faith. Praise the Lord. They both are important. Faith in God and faith in his word and in his promises without undermining our role as fathers, husbands, mothers, wife. Praise God. So how do we balance this? This is very important. Faith and family. A lot of people fall into this trap that they give so much premium only to faith that they ignore family completely. When that happens, what happens is you cannot say in the latter part of your life, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. If that has to happen, you have to carry your family with the faith that you profess. Praise the Lord. We are not called to abandon our family, but to carry them with us as we expose God and his word to our families. Praise the Lord. As much as we live, live the word of God, we should actively transmit it into our next generation. That's the mandate that God places upon every head of the family. Praise God. Hallelujah. So there has to be a what? There has to be a balance. Now, everybody's life schedule is not. The same. People have different schedules. Some people, are, all, all of us only have 24 hours in a day. And our time could be, our schedules could be very demanding. So how is it that Joshua is able to say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You read the book of Joshua. You read the book of Moses, you know, you read Exodus and on. Joshua was a very busy man. Praise God. Very busy man. He was constantly, we read that he was a man who lingered by the tent. He was the one who was commissioned to go into battle with the Amalekites. He was the one on whom the mantle fell. He was the one who entered the promised land. He was the one who waged battle against the, against the foes in the land. He was the one who divided the promised land and gave the allotments. He was a man who was actively involved. Can you be active in ministry, in service to God? At the same time, don't overlook your family. Joshua stands as an example that you could and you should. Praise God. Being immersed in ministry is not an excuse to ignore your family. Having a family does not mean that you forget God. Enoch walked with God. But Enoch had maintained a testimony and he had a family. Praise God. You look into the life of Joshua. Nothing is mentioned about his family till he says, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
How is that possible? This, a family is not, even though one has been placed there as a head and as a leader, in a family, no one is a lone crusader. Praise God. The father is not the lone crusader. In every unit that God has brought into existence, there is a partnership or a joint venture that God calls for. There is order in the house. God has placed an order. When we follow the order and when we follow the chain of command, Praise God. We realize that this is a joint venture, united in action. Praise God. So as Joshua is in the battlefield, someone is holding the fort together. What fort? The fort of Jericho? Huh? What fort? The family fort. God does not want us to excuse ourselves from service, citing family. Praise God. But we do understand the call that God has placed upon our lives and we engage in that call fully, yet not ignoring our responsibility as a leader of the house that God has called us. But if that has to function properly, there is a partnership. There is a united friend. Can you imagine? Joshua is in the battlefield, commanding the sun to stand still there, but havoc in the home. No, that can happen. It should not. That should not happen. There has to be someone who's holding the fort. Let me ask you, my friend. Are you holding your fort? Sometimes we might have to pick a slack. Praise God. But are you holding the fort? Praise God. And to call upon my dear mothers... And my dear sisters and the wives here, are you holding the fault? Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you see maintaining, cultivating, nourishing, putting your, 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 your energy and your labor into your family? Are you doing it as a unit? How can someone say, as for me and my household, we, that's, that's the key. We will serve. So in this service, what should be there? We should be there. Meaning, father, mother, children, everybody should be involved. Find your niche this morning. Where do you fit in the scheme of God? Where do you fit in the economy of God? If God has placed you somewhere, God has a role for you. Praise God. We have to find where is it that God has place this and plug ourselves in there so that we can say as for me and my household we will serve the Lord faith family and and four four meaning enemy so do you know what the four does to get a hold of the family one of the strategies that the four does is bring disunity in the family. 
Divide and rule is the strategy of the enemy. How does he do it? Well, you don't have to go look too far. Just look into our homes. Small things. Small things. The disagreement Sunday morning when you come to church. The disagreement as you're driving. Or the night before the argument. This is how the enemy works in bringing what? Disunity within the household. So as family, we have to guard. Guard what? The unity, the love within the family. It's very important. We have to see the big picture. Sometimes you have to lose a battle to win a war. What does that mean? Sometimes the petty arguments that we have between each other, the husband, wife, the children, parents, you know, just if you can't come to an agreement, yield at times because sometimes things are very petty. Sometimes when we say my way or the highway, you can have your way, but you have a disturbed. Unless and until you have a peaceful setting, you cannot reason things out within a family. And unless and until you have a time of devotion and prayer within a family, you cannot cultivate an environment where God's presence and his peace flows through our home. Creating a platform, creating an environment where God's rule reigns. Praise God. Unless his peace reigns in our hearts, cannot reign within our family and within our homes. Praise God. Peace with God, peace with self, peace with each other. Peace with God, peace with self, peace with each other. Some people, they just cannot stand themselves. They are disturbed all the time. No. When we have peace with God, we have peace within ourselves. And we have peace with self and we can have the peace with each and every one in that home realm. So guard your home, your family from the foe that wants to disturb you. That wants to bring disunity in your home. That wants to derail you from the purpose of God. This unity is a forerunner of dysfunctional families. When you don't have unity in our homes, that's a forerunner for what? Dysfunctional homes. Praise God. So we need to identify the foe and his strategies. One, what he does is, he wants to bring what? This unity in our homes. Praise the Lord. So we, we need to guard that. Guard our homes from the onslaught of the enemy. The father and the mother, your antenna should be up all the time. And it's not only just father and mother. As the children mature, you need to also have a discerning spirit to understand what comes from where. Praise God. Guard your homes. From the foes that can bring what? Disunity in your homes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hold everyone in the home. As you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, it's your responsibility to do what? To guard your home. Praise God. Because the glory of God has to settle in your lives, in your homes. And we have to be in a place where we can testify as for me and my household. We will serve the Lord. So, four of disunity. Next four is four of unbelief. Unbelief. Listen, as you're serving God, the enemy can bring people around us who are filled with unbelief. And if we don't check ourselves, 
the unbelief can be very contagious it's more contagious than the contagious diseases that we have in the world you know how how contagious it is you look in the life of joshua 12 spies comes with two different report 10 one report two different report two joshua and caleb says that we believe what god said the other guy said hey the facts are right all the things tick 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 the facts are right what god said is right it is a land flowing with milk and honey you know we saw the the, the fruits there it's unbelievable in fact we could not even carry one cluster of grapes two people had to carry one cluster of grapes on 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 a, on on a staff it's real they said tick 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 but but strong unbelief and guess what unbelief spread in the camp like a wild fire praise god we have to check ourselves from unbelief creeping into our lives and creeping into our into our homes because the foe can do what he can destroy our what You want to come out in your life as one who is serving God as a family. We have to save God our trust and our faith in God by checking unbelief outside. In other words, our offsprings should see the faith that we profess is what? Active and vibrant. they have to see it they have to see it not only when we are singing not only when we are preaching or teaching and doing stuff they have to see that the faith that we profess is authentic and real and it actually stirs up and flows in real time life applications praise god that's how you sustain There is a place where you teach. There is a place where you transmit. But there is also a place where they have to see it living in our lives. Let me move on. I'll come back to that. Okay? We'll come back to that. So, no one can pull this by themselves. It's a joint effort within a home where a father and mother and everybody else is involved in this venture praise the lord look what joshua is saying they cannot serve god and other gods he's talking about idolatry of course what are idols what are idols idols are lifeless things right listen carefully idols are lifeless things but idolatry is very much alive i'm going to repeat this idols are lifeless but idolatry is very much alive praise god many of us can say wow we don't have idols in our home praise god but idolatry is still alive what do we need to do we need to what identify the idols idols have changed over the course of time most of us are not inclined to bow down before statues or idols that are carved out of wood or stone but that doesn't mean idolatry is dead praise the lord all the things that competes with god for our allegiance and the service that we give to god is an idol anything that competes with god 
for our allegiance, our loyalty, our service is an idol. And we need to identify what those idols are. Can we identify idols in our life? Christians? Idols? Yes. You think this is only in the Old Testament? You read the episode that John writes. He says, little children, keep yourself away from idols. There's many interpretations. I'm not going to get into that right now. Okay? So, Joshua's command to the children of God is what? You need to get rid of them. You need to destroy them. For us, what does it mean? It means putting out of our lives things that challenge the authority of God in our affections and in our desires. So many today serve other gods and try to make a deal with our God. Trying to accommodate the different deviations and compromise. We need to identify if there are any idols in our lives that's occupy, occupying space and time in our lives. Is there anything that is taking time away from God in your life? Can you identify it? Don't look here and there. Just, just ask yourself. Anything. That's robbing your time with God. Your time with time for devotion. Meditating God's word. Robin. Can you identify anything? What's the first thing that you do early in the morning when you get up? Hmm? Brush your teeth. Check your phone. Thank God for the devices God has given us. Right? But some of us are hooked to it to the extent that it robs us of our quality time with God. Think about it. You're sitting to read the Bible. Thing. None of us would look up there and say, oh, is the Lord sending a message? Where does, your, where does your sight go? And then we don't even have the resisting power to resist. What do we do? Ding! As if the world is waiting for our response. As if there is going to be a, a Calamity if you don't pick up, pick it up. What's happening? What else is stealing your time away from God? Some are hooked to video games. Xbox, PS5, so hooked. That people play late into night. And then wake up with an attitude in the morning when it's time to go to church. Wow. Look what has happened. Something is what? Taken over. Taken over. Has made us captive. Some people cannot think anything else other than those games. It's constantly going in their minds. Paul writing to the Corinthians says it has become a stronghold. Unless we take hold of our thoughts, they're going to take hold of us. Praise God. Unless we are in a place to identify those idols that are taking our quality time, our devotion, our dedication, our commitment to the Lordship of Jesus, we will just continue with our life thinking everything is okay. Praise God. 
gods of the modern age. They look legit. They look kosher. But slowly and steadily they, they, they creep into our lives, into our homes, into our devotion time and they make a big stronghold in our lives. For some, bottle, alcohol has become their God. Meaning what? They are hooked to it. Anything that you're hooked to. Praise God. Mind you, Joshua is telling this to the children of Israel. It's applicable to us. We need to identify those idols and we need to do what? We need to renounce them. Praise the Lord. It's a snare. We need to understand every idol as much as it looks harmless and legitimate, it's a snare. I'll give you two examples. Rachel. Jacob is saying goodbye and he's leaving. He sneaks out with everything that he could. Jacob is going with his family and does what Rachel does. She steals household idols. Laban, her father, pursues her, pursues them, tracks them down, and he accuses them of thievery, stealing. Jacob says, what in the world are you talking about? I got none of your idols. He was being honest, at least at that time. One time, before an intervention with God, the man was honest, he was telling the truth. He says, I don't have your idols. And Rachel did what? The Bible says, Rachel took the idols and she sat on it. And knowing that her father would not go through the saddle that she was sitting because of the excuse that she had made, she tricked and she carried the idol with her in that journey. You know what? It became a snare. She never reached her destiny. Destiny was cut short. Come to Gideon. Handpicked by God. Battle won by Gideon. They bring in the loot and the plunder. And as a commander in chief, he denies everything. He says, I don't want anything from you guys. But finally agrees. Everybody will give him one, one, one piece of jewelry, whatever it is. What does he do? He has around 40 to 75 pounds of jewelry with him. What does he do? He melts it down or creates what? An ephod. Nothing wrong with an ephod. He puts up the ephod as what? As a, as a remembrance, as a memory of the great Victory that God gave. Nothing wrong with it. But slowly and steadily the Bible says. That ephod becomes a snare to him and to his generation. How? People started coming and marveling at it. Slowly and steadily it becomes an idol. Because they start worshipping what? A stuff that they had created. It was not meant for that. But it became an idol and the Bible says it became a snare for Gideon and his children. To the point that the people started coming to see this and to worship this. Unknowingly, unintentionally passing down a snare to the next never intended that is what was that was never meant but unintentionally it was passed to the next generation and it became a snare children of God ought to be on God let me repeat it children of God ought to be on God against faith and family there is a foe that works actively. At time, the snares would look what? 
it would look very innocent it would look what harmless but it can become a snare that will pass down to the next generation praise god how careful we ought to be we have to make sure that we renounce affiliations and allegiance to any kind and form of idols that can pop into our lives how is that possible very simple an effective let go meaning joshua is saying renounce them get rid of them an effective let go is directly connected to holding on listen i'll explain to you paul writing to the thessalonians puts it like this in first thessalonians chapter 1 9 and this is an important principle to understand and apply in our lives this is how that verse goes you know what the bible says you know how they they tell how you turn to god from idols to serve the living and true god so when we let go of idols in our lives we have to hold fast to god and to his word sometimes people renounce things that are wrong but don't fill their hearts and their time with godly things and therefore what happens they come back to the same old rut praise god we have to identify idols renounce them and do what whole fill your heart your time and your space with god and godly activities there is no easy way guys there is no easy way joshua here is making a clarion call joshua is saying choose you this day whom you will serve choose and every one of us will have to make a choice and mind you the choices that we make will impact our life our destiny will impact our children and their destiny listen to this the choices that we make in our life will impact our life and our destiny the choices that we make in our life will impact our next generation be careful with the choices that you make don't take it lightly isn't it interesting that at that junction after taking over the promised land joshua has to say hey guys give up the idols how could you right after god did so much things for them how is it that the idols from the past has entered into their lives how is it that the culture in that land crept into their land into their lives with the idols one thing that god will not suffer that will not bear is sharing him with someone else that was one of the charge against israel they worship god but they served idols In other words, came Sunday, I did praise and worship, I did everything here, I preached, but my life is such that I have idols in my life. And he says, "Hey, make a choice." And he's giving them a choice. Choose the stay home you will serve. The Bible is full of people who made choices. I just want to bring one or two some choices are made in life based on the call that is made this morning peter and girl alluded to that one day moses made a call moses said those who are on the lord's side come to me and you know who went who went levi very interesting Do you know what happened when they decided that they were going to come to the Lord's side? Their destiny was changed. 
Listen, guys. Our choices has the potential to change the destiny of our lives. Do you know what? Jacob, as a father, had cursed Levi and Simeon because of what they did. The father, their own father, cursed them. Do you know what happened? When Levi decided to come to the Lord's side, God striked it out. His destiny was changed forever. Praise God, they became what? Praise God. Wow. Do you know what choices that you make can, can impact your life and the generations to come? Make choices in life that will not only impact your life, but generations to come. Everyone will have opportunity to make such choices. One more example. I cut it because of the lack of time. I said some choices we make when a call is given out, when a clarion call is given out. Other choices are made by ourselves, by yourself. Nobody, nobody asked you to give, make a choice. Nobody gave an altar call. You just decided. You know who's that like that in the Bible? Ruth. Her mother, she lost everything. She lost her husband. Her mother-in-law said, listen, I'm old. Go back. Your sister-in-law is gone. You can go back. You're still young. Go get married in Moab. Live, have a happy life. Ruth says, the most infamous line, she says, don't tell me to go back. I'm going to do what? Your people shall be my people. And then she quotes, she says something that changes the entire history of her life. She says, your God shall be my God. Nobody asked her to say that. It came from the very core of her being. You know what she said? When she uttered that word, your God, my God, there was a shift. Praise God. Oh my God. Praise God. Heaven. Praise God. Look down at this maiden who said, Your God will be my Praise God. Destiny was changed. Praise God. You can make faith statements that will rewrite your history. That will change your destiny. Let me tell you. Expressions of faith should shift into exhibitions of faith. Listen to this very carefully. Expressions of faith are important because heaven will stand with you when you make such expressions. But at every expressions of faith will be time-tested. And God in his wisdom will give everyone an opportunity for their expressions of faith to become exhibitions of faith. Meaning, God will create opportunities for you. Open doors for you to the faith expression that you made to be exhibited in your life. In other words, you and I have to make sure that we give voice to our faith. Give voice to our faith. Praise God. Meaning, express your faith. Say it. Say it. Say it. You quote the scripture. You memorize the scripture and say it. Say it. 
That is expression of faith. That is confession of your faith. But God will give us an opportunity. Not that it just remains as an expression of faith. But it will become an exhibition of faith. When Ruth put her first step with Naomi. From Moab to Israel. Each step that she took. It was an exhibition of faith. It was not just the talk. But it was the walk. God wants you and me. Not to just talk the talk. But walk the walk. Praise God. And God will create opportunities for you and me to walk the walk of faith. And our children and our offsprings ought to see faith exhibited in our lives. Too often we just talk. We just talk. Our faith is just confined to our prayer meetings. But God wants us to activate it. Activate it. Tell your neighbor, activate it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Activate that faith. Ruth activated it as she started walking. Praise God. She had no clue what she was walking into. Do you know? Do you have any idea what you're walking into? Do you have any idea what you're walking into? If you're walking with Jesus, hallelujah. If you're led by the Spirit of God, those who are led by the Spirit of God are called the children of God. If you are walking with Jesus, if you're walking in the path of righteousness, if you're treading on the highway of holiness, you are going into a very unique destiny and crafted for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that we need to do what? He says, choose ye this day whom you shall serve. Do you see the sense of urgency there? <laughs> do you see the sense of urgency? Anything with God comes with a sense of urgency. Praise God. You can't serve God. You cannot and should not serve God casually and carelessly. Please don't. Give yourself fully to the Lord. Give yourself completely to the Lord. Give yourself 100% to the Lord. Joshua says, choose ye this, this day. Meaning today, not tomorrow. Today, meaning now. Paul puts it like this. This is a day of salvation. Praise God today. Do it today. Do it today. Tomorrow we don't know whether it belongs to us. Praise God. Hallelujah. All eyes closed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Your choice. Your choice will determine your destiny. Praise God. Will you choose to say no to idols no to anything else that occupies your time and your space and, and anything that you have, God has given you. As Paul writes to the Thessalonians, how you guys turn to God from idols, meaning make a turn. That means drop, let go of anything that occupies your devotion and your commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Say, I don't want it. But turn to God. Meaning, you serve God in holiness. You serve God in, 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 in a fullness of your heart, wholeheartedly. I want you to come. I'm going to give a clarion call. Choose. Nobody gave it to Ruth. Nobody gave it to her. 
Praise God. I wish everyone will become one that will choose without anybody even asking. Praise God. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit beckons us. The Holy Spirit woos us. The Holy Spirit calls upon us saying, praise God. Choose, 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 choose. Choose life over death. Choose blessing over curse. Choose. Will you make a choice? To hold fast to faith. Hold fast to your family. Will you make a choice? To say no to idols in any form or fashion. Can you identify any one of them that's occupying your space and your time? That's robbing you of your quality time with him. Will you forsake it? Will you push it out? Have you allowed the foe to bring disunity in your home? If so, make a decision today that you will not allow him to divide your family. But with prayer and devotion and time with God, you will overcome every such disunity in your home. You will pray that the dysfunctional will become functional. Praise. If you want to make that commitment, as for me and my household, we will serve God. I want you to rise wherever you are. Rise up on your feet. Put one hand on your chest and one hand lift up to heaven and tell him, Father, I want to love you. I want to serve you. I also want my family to love you and to serve you. So help me, God. Father, we yield our lives to you this morning. After preaching your word, I do not want to be disqualified for the price. Therefore, I commit myself to love you and to live for you and to push out any, if, any idols that creep into life. I pray that as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Grant us grace to do so. In Jesus' name, amen.